Hi, Bold Bakers. Welcome to this week's Need to Know, where we serve up the latest news, trends, and entertainment focused on baking. I'm Kevin Kurtz, guest host, uh, co-creator of Bigger Bolter Baking, and this lovely woman's uh, lucky husband. <laughs> lucky woman being Chef Gemma Stafford. Hi. Creator host, Bigger Bolter Baking. And cookbook author. And cookbook author, that's right. <laughs> Don't forget that one. I know, I know. Uh, Gemma, normally I would say welcome, but um, this we is our live kitchen. in the same house. Yeah, we're in the same kitchen here. I saw today. you like half an hour ago. I know. Yeah, actually, more even more recently than that, um, Gemma. For the viewers, listeners, listeners at home, um, uh, we have five milkshake glasses mm -hmm. behind us here. Could you describe these milkshakes and and, and why are they here? We just did an Amazon Live, and in the Amazon Live, I made uh, five different types of milkshakes. So, and it's only, we did it at 10 o'clock in the morning here, so we didn't drink them all. <laughs> but we've left them out because we're probably going to get through them. Well, yeah, so I'll tell you, uh, uh, while you were doing the live, I did, you know, I sampled them, and then I took them away, and then I sampled them. And so I think right now I probably had... Uh, probably half of the milkshakes that you've made so far. <laughs> I, had, I, I had all of the Oreos, the cookies and cream one, with the one with Oreos and ice cream and milk and stuff. Yeah, That's so the one I had. Describe some of the flavors you made. Made cookies and cream, which is blended up Oreos and ice cream, which is like, I mean, who's going to be mad at that? And then we did strawberries and cream. Yeah. We did a, kind of like a healthier peanut cocoa powder and banana one, I which is really that lovely. Was, that was my favorite. I it's kind of a protein-packed one. It's yeah. kind of like a, it's a healthy milkshake masquerading. It's a healthy smoothie masquerading yeah. as a milkshake. That's a good call. That's a good call. Um, I would have added protein powder. Yeah. Added protein powder. And then what else did we have? We had a caramel and banana one. That was really good, actually. S'mores? No, you know what was really, really good? The banana pudding one. Banana pudding. Banana pudding good. with like yeah. Nilla wafers blended up in there, banana. Yeah. That was really delicious, so, actually. Gemma, I think you've mentioned this before, but like banana pudding is new to you as far as you weren't that familiar with banana pudding. Is that right? No, because it's an American dessert. Yeah. 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 I had a... Um, I don't... I'm trying to Probably think. Magnolia Bakery. No, I, I I feel like I'm not sure when the first time I had okay. it, but definitely like in a restaurant, like maybe in Chicago or something. But banana pudding, I get confused between banana pudding and banana cream pie. Not confused, but they're very similar, aren't they? Mm, very similar. Well, my, my <laughs> yeah yeah I guess so. Well, my thing about banana pudding is it's not banana pudding, right? It's vanilla pudding. Oh yeah, with bananas. Yeah. It's vanilla pudding. Yeah. And traditionally, it's more uh, powdered pudding, right? Like people... Oh, traditionally, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, but yeah. we make our own vanilla pudding. I know. But um, I love... I just have a kind of a love, uh, love relationship with Nilla wafers. I, I love them. Because they're like... They're like Nilla wafers, for those of you who are outside of the US, are these little vanilla cookies... They're similar to something that we would call cat's tongues in Europe. Cat's tongues. Yeah. I've not heard tongue that before. Tongue delay or something is the huh. French. Tongue, something like that. Tongue delay or something. Um, but it's a little bit vanilla biscuit. It's crispy. It is 
I don't know, it's just, it's so tasty. Like vanilla wafers are so tasty, but you have to have a vanilla wafer to make banana pudding. That's the whole thing. Like when the recipe came to be, it was a packet of vanilla wafers, a packet of vanilla pudding, and probably store-bought whipped cream. I'm using air quotes. You can't see me, but I'm using air quotes. Is it the can whipped cream? cream. (laughs) And bananas. We do one that's from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I, well, I love Neil Wafers. I remember when you first made that banana pudding recipe and it went over really well here and you actually brought, well, you brought the recipe with you as far as you, you when we went back to Ireland, you made it for your family one summer. Yeah. And it, like, I can say like it, it kind of blew them away because they'd never had it. Yeah, because we don't, yeah, like, you know, we have things that are similar to, like we do trifles a lot, yeah. which you don't do over here. But that Nilo, the the banana pudding is like a, is like a type of trifle. Yeah. You know, you've got a custardy layer, you've got cream layer, you've got something crunchy in there, be it cake or cookie or whatever. Bananas, like fruit. So, um, no, I'm all about it. Well, the other thing is banana pudding to me also says summer. And Really? Yeah. And Memorial Day is tomorrow. So uh, if you're listening to this on Sunday, when this podcast comes out, um, Gemma, summer desserts. Like what says summer dessert to you? Kind of when I think of summer desserts, so obviously I think of a lot of fruit, but I think of things like my berry tiramisu. Yeah. So if we were to do like something for Memorial Day, I wouldn't make a batch of brownies. I would probably make something like my berry tiramisu. I just, I love the flavor of that. I'm all about texture. So when it comes to tiramisu, you have that soft, not squidgy, but like soft, creamy texture. You've got whipped cream, mascarpone, um, like lovely summer berries in season, like really delicious. Those are the kind of things that I like. Super, yeah. And also, yeah, it's super, it's, it's almost refreshing. Like it's a refreshing dessert, like on a hot summer day. Yeah. I remember when we made that for bigger bolder baking for the video for youtube you weren't here i don't know where you were but you were away for the weekend and i was here and i made a an eight by eight dish for the video (laughs) and i got into bed and i ate like half of the dish it was it was the best can i say you've probably had a few stories like that that's like (laughs) well isn't that one of your favorite sort of things like my favorite thing to do is eat in bed it's one of your favorite (laughs) things to do that's that is the dirty secret we're sharing today that pretty much sums me up the dirty secret we're sharing a lazy chef who likes to eat in bed (laughs) yeah it's probably yeah the most the most uh controversial uh thing so well awesome well I'm, i'm looking forward to this summer ahead um Gemma, i'm gonna jump into some entertainment news Okay. So I, I actually have a question to start, which is, do you know, and, and you're going to have to excuse my French because I, I speak uh, pretty pretty good Spanish, but not French, is do you know who uh, Nestle Toulouse is? Of course I do. Who is that? It is the, um, in Friends... Phoebe has a cookie recipe from that's handed down through her family, and it came from the recipe came from I think a French chef or uh, 
they originated from somebody called Nestle Toulouse. And then Monica was like, Phoebe, Nestle Toll House. Yeah. It's the yeah, back yeah. of the packet. And they, yeah. they spent the whole episode, Monica was trying to recreate That's the right. back of the packet That's recipe. Right. So it, it was, you nailed it. it. It was, so it was Phoebe's grandmother. Phoebe's grandmother. Had a grandmother. Oh, yeah. From France. Yeah. And so you, you effectively learn, as Phoebe says, I think at some point that, um, her mother, her grandmother must be looking up at her and smiling. Oh, did she say So that? it gave her, gave a good sense of who, <laughs> who that grandmother really was. So, so in, um, in celebration of, uh, the friends reunion that, yeah. uh, if you're listening to this, uh, is already on HBO Max, Nestle has released this recipe. And so what, what's, what's strange, Jim, like, and I don't know if you know the Nestle Toll House cookies, recipe but like does this look any different to you it looks like my cookies why yeah. where do they release this they have it on the back of the packet uh well that's i thought they had it on the back of the packet but they're they're releasing it online so i don't know if they're releasing just the the recipe that was on the packet i don't think that's the case i think it might be a, a different version maybe okay yeah. it looks very similar to my recipe to be honest with you yeah um and a lot of chocolate chip cookie recipes but yeah okay i would try it yeah Pretty, yeah. pretty similar there. We'll, we'll see if we can, uh, we can replicate uh, the grand, uh, uh, her great grandmother's yeah. uh, recipe. So, are you? Uh, let's see, Friends. Like you know, that was great '90s show. Like, were you watching that in Ireland? Yeah, because um, I don't know when in the '90s it was, but I went to boarding school, and you were allowed to watch TV for a period of time after you did your homework and before you went to bed. Mm. And on a Thursday night, all the, so it was a mixed school, boys and girls, but I was, the girls had their own dormitory. And on a Thursday evening, we were allowed to watch TV. And mm. I remember new episodes coming out on a Thursday, which might've yeah. been the same day it came out here. No, not same day, like we were behind you guys. It was guys. on Thursday. We were always yeah. behind you guys. But um, we got, yeah, so we used to watch it on a Thursday. And like, I just, I remember those are kind of shows that like made me really like fascinated with America yeah. and wanted me, wanted, like made me want to come to America. Like just, especially like even, even today in 2021, like who rents an apartment like that in New York, you know? And it, like they all have, they're, they're, they're meant to be, they're, they're meant to be like 28 and they have like these really good yeah. jobs and um, they, you know, spend, they have jobs, but they spend like 75% of their day in a cafe. And like, I don't know, it's just, it's fascinating. But yes. especially coming from outside of the US, there's something about it that is just kind of captivating. I bet, I bet. Well, that's, you know, growing up in the States, of course, I take all of that for granted, uh, obviously. But, you know, I grew up being a pop culture fan. And so, of course, I consumed all of that. So even to find out, um, you know, a show like The Simpsons, how well it translates, like as far yeah. as that goes, like and by translate, I just mean it seems like something like that's universal. Like you you watch that. As yeah, well, you, had right? Sim you had Simpsons, Simpsons. You, you had to have, and that was in the early 90s, you had to have something that was called a skybox. That's right. To be a, which is which is your guys' cable yeah. to be able to view shows like that, to be able to view the American shows. So on Sky One, they used to show Simpsons, 
but you couldn't find it on any other channel except unless you had cable. So yeah. like we wanted a skybox. Like we didn't like um, lots of other people had them. And we went to other people's houses and they had Sky, but like we didn't have Sky. And I remember like the day we got it into our house where we just thought we were the fanciest family in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you probably were. You probably were at that time. Um, well, yeah, that's I, I grew up on on all of the, uh, you know, the cable shows and things like that. So it's funny. You take for granted that, say, the Food Network was early 90s and started in the early 90s, but but, you know, you shared with me that cooking shows still even to this day are like primetime or like Friday night shows. Like, aren't don't they still have? Yeah, like Nigella, you'd see her yeah, on a Friday course. night. Yeah. And what, our, our cooking shows are, aren't competition shows. Like in, right. in the, the Food Network that comes out of England, they are still cooking shows. I feel like that just is, that's the audience, like the audience in Europe are the people who would actually make it rather than watch competition shows yeah. as much. Yeah. Well, so speaking of competition shows, um, first of all, Jem, Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. Are you a fan? Yeah, I love Amy Poehler. Of course I do. Of course you love Amy Poehler. Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, for sure. Well, so you know her show, Making It, the DIY yeah. show? With um, your man. Yeah, yeah, with your man. <laughs> who we just talked about is... Uh, uh, Nick, Nick, uh, Nick Offerman, Offerman who, yeah. who is... He's younger than me. He's younger than you, but he looks like, he's, he's looked like a middle-aged man for like the right. last 15 years. That's right. And that's his role. I think we were just watching We're the Millers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. again, he plays a middle-aged man. Well, so Amy Poehler actually is the executive producer of a new baking show that was just announced. What? Called Baking It. So that is continuing on the making no it tradition here. It's due out this fall because uh, right now is, is TV season where they're announcing a lot of different shows that are going to be coming. So uh, NBC's streaming channel, The Peacock, actually has this show called Baking It. And the premise is that it's effectively teams of two talented home bakers who are competing for cash and prizes. Yeah. But I guess the, the twist is that the judges are three opinionated real-life grandmas. Oh. That seems to be the twist. I don't think... I would... Pref mm. Grannies, like, they're, they're going to tell you how it is. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That, that I, think I think TV. I'd prefer a, 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 a celebrity that, that, <laughs> to tell me if I was good or bad. That, that could be. That could um, be. Is Amy Poehler a producer on the craft show, yeah, the one that she does? Right. Well, oh, okay. I mean, I think most shows she is right now, that's kind of the way, the yeah. way it tends to work. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so she's working on that. I never well, heard so, that. That's so interesting. Let me ask you this. Uh oh, this might be controversial, but let me ask it. If if your mom, mm -hmm. your mom was a judge yeah. on the show. She'd probably I, make somebody cry. She would make somebody <laughs> cry. Pat, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to set you She'd up. She'd probably for this. make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> because she would tell it. Yeah, like she would it. tell it like it is. Uh, I think you put too much salt in there now, Gemma. What kind of butter did you use? <laughs> now come here to me. Tell me, did you do this? Yeah, you see, now you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> now Everyone listening, uh, Pat sounds nothing like that at all. Uh, no, but, but the, that, that the, is your Pat the voice. story. Yeah, yeah, that is my Pat voice. <laughs> and she's lovely, and uh, and something that a lot of people don't know. She actually uh, was our first employee. She was our first employee, as far as she 
uh, has been helping answer comments and troubleshoot recipes for for seven years now, right? Yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah. She, she's amazing. And yeah. if, if anybody's gonna know how to bake, it's Patricia Stafford. Yeah. For sure. All right, uh, on to the next news here. Um, Gemma, I'm on a topic I know is near and dear to your heart. Talk with me about cereal. I love cereal. I do. I love cereal. Like, I dream of days where, like, I don't have to cook or make anything and I could just have, like, a box of Captain Crunch for my dinner. Or what you call that? Crown Chocula. Or I just, I, I love sugary cereal. I love the idea of them. When last time I've had one, I don't know. I haven't had one in the last 10 years. Probably not. I, it's the kind of stuff... It go, it's the same applies to like, you know, um, like I don't always have tonic water in the house because if I do, I might always be making gin and tonics. But when I really, really like something, I don't always have it to hand. So like, I never, ever, ever buy cereal. And if it was, if I was to buy cereal, I would buy cornflakes because that I'm not going to sit down and eat a box of cornflakes, but I would sit down and like like put away a whole box of graham crackers or what's it called? Oh, no, grams. What are the grams? Golden grams. Golden grams. Golden grams. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, uh, this was news to me. This was a revelation in our marriage. Really? Knowing each other for 10 years. I didn't know you were that much of a cereal fan. Oh yeah. Hugely. Remember that cereal you used to get, Kevin? It was called like Stars or something. Remember? You, stars? It was, I don't know, but it was like the cereal and it was really sweet and delicious. You you used to get it when we lived in San Francisco. Well, no, so I bought the, there was a Whole Foods version of Golden Grain, no, of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which, well, that's why, like, when you buy those, like, I don't eat those. Because that's right. I'm, I'm like a child. Yeah. You can't give me a little bowl and expect me to be okay with that. That's right. I, yeah. I have to go back for the whole box. Yeah. So generally, I stay away from when you, for a cereal when you buy it. Okay. Well, so to, to tie in with what, what's in the news right now is, were you aware of what Kellogg's did with their mashup cereals? No. Do you know what mashups are? Yeah, I so do. It's I, a combination of two things. I'm just going gonna, gonna to show you that photo. Last year, they did Frosted Flakes and Apple Jacks. Oh, gross. Mashed up. As, oh, sorry. Last year they did Frosted Flakes and Fruit Loops in the same box, combining the two. This year they've done Frosted Flakes and Apple Jacks. What are your thoughts I've, about that? Well, I don't. I think that's terrible. But um, I, I do like Frosted Flakes. I've never had Fruit Loops before. I've never oh, had Apple Jacks before. Okay. These are kind of cereals that I, I wouldn't. Yeah. Be like I I wouldn't be a fan because just of the synthet synthetic flavor. Yeah. Um, but that's a that's a hard no for well, me. Because don't a lot of people buy two cereals and combine them? Anyways? No, that's you. You do that. No, I, I'm a lot of. I could be like a lot of people, Jim. I don't Maybe know, we should, Kevin. Well, so okay, you have to let us know if you're listening. Make a comment. Reach out to us here. Do you mash up your cereals? That's a that's a, a question. That doesn't I'm just, sound nice. Well, so that, that's the thing. I'm not sure if I'm a fan of those flavors, but I kind of get. Frosted Flakes is neutral, but sweet. Apple Jacks is fruity. Fruit Loops is fruity. So they did at least combine something. They're both incredibly sugary and 
Uh, I'm one to talk. I've had like six banana, six milkshakes uh, before 11 a.m. So um, I don't know. I don't know if this is breakfast. I think it's dessert. Maybe. It's not breakfast. And that's a yeah. good point is that, you know, that's why I don't eat your the cereals when you get them or I don't buy cereals. It's because it's not breakfast. That's not breakfast food. Yeah. That's barely food. And I, and, I, and I mean that, I don't mean that in, in a horrible way, but like, it's just that there's so much sugar. It's dessert. Like yeah. if you want to like treat yourself, then like have a bowl of corn pops or like something yummy like that. There you go. Treat yourself with treat uh, yourself. some corn pops. There you go. Well, so one, one big bit of news is that supposedly last year, uh, number one, breakfast has become a bigger thing because people have been staying home, had to stay home and of course are cooking their own breakfast. But for the first time in years, cereal has actually increased in popularity because there was this whole thing about, I believe millennials like weren't into cereal. So I don't know if it's a new generation or millennials are finally discovering cereal, but I think cereal's back. Yeah, well, I, I don't like, I cereal, like I, I can't, I didn't know what went away ever. <laughs> I love cereal. There we go. That's Enough my problem, said. I love Enough cereal. No said. Gemma, um, one thing I don't know if we've talked about too much here is um, is some of your favorites. You know, we live in Santa Monica, Los Angeles area. Um, when we've been able to go out, um, you know, there's so many amazing restaurants, so many uh, places. First of all, like, talk to me a little bit about the Los Angeles food scene. Like, what what has been your experience in the years that we've lived here? Um, well, so we moved from San Francisco down to LA, and I feel like the food scene in LA is, it's already quite established. You know, when people sort of say like, you know, this this city is like, you know, it's starting to build a, a really good food scene. It's like we have a really good food scene here. The difference between here and San Francisco is I feel like in San Francisco, you could get a, you could go down to the mission and get a beef tongue taco for like two dollars or you could go to a really high-end restaurant I, I, there was very little in between there yeah. was a lot of high-end and a lot of kind of street sure. vendor kind of like just very casual places but there wasn't a whole lot in between when it came to like dining out in yeah. the evening everything seemed to be like really expensive and just like fine dining whereas in LA I feel like we have a really good range of recipes all of range of recipes range of restaurants also um it's there is la is so big there's so many different cultures represented here yeah. in la so you can go to glendale and get like really amazing dim sum you can you know you can go downtown to get like lovely thai food um, i'm trying to think of what we have in santa monica like Mexican, we do we do great Mexican here in LA. Like I, I just feel like you've a lot more options, and it's a little bit, and you know you can have a kind of a casual dinner, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it not cost the earth. Whereas yeah. in San Francisco, regardless, you always paid through the nose when you went out yeah. for dinner with your girlfriends or like you know we went when we yeah. went out. No, that's the thing is I always say is you know I was in San Francisco for thirteen years and. So I saw it, you know, definitely rise and, you know, it was an amazing food scene. Um, the biggest thing is, is that coming down here is the variety and the value for your money is incredible. Like I've, I've loved, I've loved that. Like, and there's so much to explore and, you know, I personally think it's only getting better. So, so speaking of getting better and favorites, um, 
I'd love for you to share some of your favorites from LA. And so this is a little bit of like, don't think too much about it. You don't have to have one, um, but let's riff on this a little bit. Um, favorite pastries. Favorite pastries, that's easy. I'm going to say my favorite pastry. So my one of my favorite things is an almond croissant. Oh yeah. And um there is there's a tartine bakery which originated from San Francisco. There is uh, one of those. They make an amazing almond croissant. We actually had one at the weekend. Oh, yeah. That was super delicious. Um, Shared yeah. one, but we could have I would have had my own one. Enjoyed Next one. Next time, let's just get our own one. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because if you're just going to do it, like, do it right. Oh, yeah. Um, Rose Cafe also does lovely uh, almond croissants. But, Maybe. yeah, no, I would say that for sure. Those are good ones. Favorite coffee? Favorite coffee... You're not too fussy about your coffee. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Like, I'll hit up a Starbucks any day. Like, yeah. I, I have no problem with that. I... Is that just for consistency? Consistency. Or? It's always the same. Okay. And just... And they're fast. Like, there's... I'll tell you what my not, my not, oh, my not yeah. favorite thing is. Oh, yeah. Having to wait... On the weekend, we went to an establishment that I just mentioned. And it took us 40 minutes to get a cup of coffee. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, seriously. And we have a, to- uh, a toddler. We have a baby with us. And there was like loads of people outside, loads of people inside. 40 minutes to get two cups of coffee. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. So I, I, that's not my favorite thing. Yeah. So I'm glad that like the thing about Starbucks is they it's churn and burn. Sure. Sure. You know, you get it really fast. And probably some people would say the burn part is accurate. But the burn part is accurate, yeah, for fine. sure. All right. On to a happier subject. Uh, favorite ice cream? Flavor or do you mean brand? Place you go to. And, and again, also it can be something you buy. Um, I love, I love ice cream. And I know you love ice cream. And I always... <laughs> I, I always, I never was, yeah. as, uh, was as in love with ice cream as you are. Right. But when I was pregnant, I would eat uh, towards the end of the pregnancy. Thank God, not tr- throughout all of it. But towards the end, I started eating like a lot of desserts, like on a nightly basis. And I started eating a lot of ice cream and I never stopped for the last what, a year. What is he now? Th- a year and three months. Um, I love vanilla. I love all ice cream. I love vanilla ice cream. Just plain vanilla ice cream. Tillamook is a brand that uh, is a creamery out of the Northwest. Isn't Oregon. that right? Oregon. Oregon. And they make yummy ice cream. That's great. Um, Strauss. No, no, no. Who's? Strauss makes really amazing yeah. vanilla ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And then there's Jenny's that oh, yeah. is. Wow. Um, she makes really good ice cream too, but we haven't had that very often. Yeah. Yeah, I would say my favorite is still, funny enough, out of the Northwest, out of Portland, is uh, Salt and Straw. Like, I feel like those, the flavors they make, and they have their bench flavor, like, as in what they have. Yeah. And then they have their experimental, like, monthly theme flavors. They're, they're like, they're crafted. They're handcrafted, well-loved, great ingredients. They are. They're, it's I interesting. Loved, like, black loved. roasted blackberry and goat's cheese. Like, oh. they always come up with crazy things. I will tell you, do you know what one of my, actually, one of the, you know when you have desserts and you, when you're eating them, you're like, this might be one of the best things I ever had. When we went to Barcelona a few years ago, um, I looked up ice cream, uh, like dessert places, and I found that they did, there was a lot of, uh, you know, if you go to Barcelona, there's a lot of gelato stands and like ice cream stands and ice cream shops. There was this one place that did 
soft serve ice cream, did all these crazy, it was like, it was a ice cream laboratory. Yeah. It was amazing. But there I got, and this is something I would never normally get. I got, was it, was it violet ice cream? Violet yeah. soft serve? Well, that was, it was the liquid nitrogen based, wasn't it? No, this wasn't was soft serve. It was, but not the, that's not the one I got. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got like soft serve violet ice cream with um, marshmallows and some stuff on top. It was one of the best desserts I've ever eaten, ever eaten. One wow. of the best things I've ever eaten. And I'm not a floral, perfumey, like rose water kind of a person. Yeah. Like I like my chocolate, I like caramel. I like like those kinds of things, I like traditional desserts. It was one of the best things I've ever eaten. So let me ask you on that. Like, how would you, how do you make a violet ice cream, like how would you make that at home? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I have okay. no idea. Well, because like a rose water or something would be like yeah, infused. you would you is would it, get is it petals, like... or you would I, yeah, like honestly, I've I've never seen anybody do it before. Okay. You would infuse your your liquid. You would get um like petals and yeah. infuse the liquid. We'll have to look up that, yeah that one. Um, all right, favorite pizza. Favorite pizza. My favorite pizza in LA is Pizzana. Yeah. And my favorite pizza there is, it's mushroom and what else is on it? It's like, I, I, I love a mushroom pizza. I always choose a mushroom pizza off the menu. Yeah. Um, but Pizzana's here is uh, just up the road in Brentwood, uh, owned by Candace Nelson, who is the creator of Cupcake Sprinkles. Sorry, sorry, Sprinkles, sprinkles. Cupcakes. Yeah. Um, her, her their, their pizza is my absolute favorite. Yeah, and they do really good salads too. Like I don't need pasta and pizza because they do really good salads to yeah, go with pizza, yeah, yeah. and they do really good pizza, so you don't need them much else. No, yeah, the the um, but they have specials as well, which is usually nice. They have really good seasonal specials. Yeah, the um, the chef was on the chef show on Netflix and um, with John Favreau and Roy Choi, and uh, it was amazing to be able to get to. To see, you still haven't even seen that episode, no, I have you? So. To see how um, the the traditions that the chef brought back from from yeah. Italy here, and and you know they're up to th up the streets, and he brought over the the pizza oven in there. You know, it's a centerpiece of the restaurant. Yeah, um, it's incredible. It's inc it's yeah, I, I love that pizza. What's as your well. favorite pizza? I would say I would say uh, there as well. Like I I love a good you know for somebody who grew up with not very good pizza. Um, uh, a good Neapolitan pizza is amazing, of course. And I'm not saying this just to say it, like your pizza is some of my favorite. Because you also experiment mm -hmm. with your dough. You continue to improve upon your dough. Like I would say if, if it, you as a baker, if you were going to the gym, it would be on pizza. You go back and back and back and you refine it and you hone it and you get it better and better and better every single time. Like so... You've worked out your pizza recipe. Yeah, I have. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Um, let's do a couple of this or that's. Okay. And uh, my this or that is I'm going to name two different desserts or uh, types of baked goods. And I'd love to hear a uh, uh, which one's your, your favorite. So cake or pie? Pie. That was quick. Any particular pie? Yeah. The creamy pies. You know, like banana cream pie, key lime pie. It's like a texture again. Te it's a texture thing. Yeah. Oh, lemon meringue pie. Yeah. Texture. Yeah. 
love a meringue. Love. I think, you know, lemon meringue pie might be one of my favorite pies. What's funny is uh, probably on a daily occasion, again, <laughs> that's probably one of my favorite fill in the blank, which I love it. If Technically, it's accurate because you could have an infinite infinite list on that. It was well, I one know, of my favorites. Also, I know what I like. Sure. So I, I'm yeah. just very cut and dry. It's yeah. not like, mm, do, do you want sure. this or that? It's like, no, I know what I want. Yeah. So let's just cut to the chase and give go. me what I want. And go for a pie. Uh, cupcakes or cookies? Cookies. And what type of cookie? Um, I... Um, re I'm a fan of my new olive oil chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. I also love the, you know, the kind of trip, the triple chocolate cookies that are like brownies, oh, but yeah. they're cookies. Yeah. But the thing about those is that you have to get them fresh. Super fudgy. Yeah. You have to get them. So that's why I like to bake those at home because you get them fresh out of the oven and they're just like brownies. Yeah. I also enjoy a good oatmeal raisin. Yeah. Well, so. Let's see, I'll, I'll do a quick answer. On, on the previous one, I would have to agree with you, I think pie, just because again, there's the textures, there's a crust and different flavors depending on the pie. I would probably go less of the soft and I would go more for like a, a berry pie or something really? along those lines. Um, on uh, cupcakes or cookies, definitely cookies. And I would say one of my new favorites is your, the Tate style chocolate chip, oh, the thin and yeah. crispy. That that was a game changer because I never good. really had. And that was the those. first time I'd ever had one of those before right. when we made them. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I hear that a lot too. Is, yeah. is you actually haven't even No, lots had of times when we make recipes deconstructed. We, yeah, and, we put it up on the website. It's like I've never had them before yeah. until we made them that day. Yeah. How how do you approach that? Like is it if it's something you've never tried before, what what is your approach on then deconstructing it and really trying to figure out what the recipe is? Um, well, I I think that I get a good, a pretty good sense. Like, I don't have to eat a pack of Tate's cookies to know what kind of cookies they are. Yeah. I'm very good at reading recipes. There you go. So I will, like, I, I know straight away if something will work or something won't or what results it will give me. Like, I know that, you know, this method of making a chocolate chip cookie is not going to give you a crispy cookie like a yeah. Tate's cookie is. Um, so... Yeah, a lot of it is just, it's it's from years of uh, trial and error. Yeah, well, that's, uh, I want to dig into that on a future podcast, but kind of the, the whole concept of, and I'm going to get this wrong, but that, that cooks only need a certain number of sauces, like, the, and then you can master all the sauces. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear you talk about that in the future as far as uh, kind of the, the key sort of things that every baker needs to know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Last one, ice cream or frozen yogurt? Oh. <gasps> Oh my gosh, Kevin. Is that a tough one? No. <laughs> Who would choose frozen yogurt over ice cream? Hey, it was massive in the 80s. It was frozen massive. Frozen yogurt was? It was huge. Was it? it was everywhere. There were frozen yogurt stands. You got to make your own. I don't remember. I think that's the whole. I was only a baby. Go out. You were like 25. I was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was middle-aged by then, like Nick Offerman, uh, before my time, right? Which is not accurate, by the way. Which is not accurate. All right, so I'm I'm surmising it's ice cream. We've already talked vanilla ice cream. I death, love which, vanilla ice yeah. cream. But you put on like sauces. Yeah, like I always have my salted caramel sauce That's in right. the fridge. Always, always, right. always. Yeah. I ha usually have chocolate sauce in the fridge. And if you have like some toasted nuts, chocolate sauce, you know, whipped cream, you've got yourself a sundae right there. there like go. it doesn't take much. There you go. That's a dessert. So, um, That's a party. 
it's a party at the end. But I love, I, I, I just, I, I adore ice cream. I think it's like my favorite thing solidly since before George was born for the last year and a half. There we go. There we go. Well, there you go. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Need to Know. Um, again, we uh, would love for you to uh, rate our podcast five stars where you can. Leave a comment. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you want to see. Um, be sure to tune in. Uh, let people know about Need to Know. And um, Gemma, uh, Mia will probably be back next week, but um, hope we can do one of these again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All Thank right. you, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thank you.